12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Joining me on the line is ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, of course. A very familiar voice, used to host the weekend morning show right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, Adrian. It's good to be with you once again, talk about all things Australian. Yeah, it's good to catch up with you after some time off. So let's talk about Victoria's fourth lockdown, the tough restrictions to remain in place for a bit longer. What do you make of this? Well, Adrian, this uh, came into effect about a week ago, and that was after a breach in hotel quarantine in South Australia, where there was airborne transmission and somebody traveled from South Australia with COVID-19 into Melbourne. Of course, Adelaide to Melbourne isn't too far in distance terms. And that created a big problem for Victoria. And uh, they've got a lot of cases, uh, current active cases, uh, comparatively to what we've seen after, you know, very, very good periods. They have uh, about 60 active cases at the moment and they're doing lots of testing. We had 51,000 tests yesterday and six new local cases were detected and no cases acquired overseas, which isn't too bad, but they are still worried that this uh, very powerful Indian variant will do more damage. And Melbourne, more than any other Australian city, has been affected by coronavirus. We saw, as you mentioned, uh, three previous lockdowns uh, in the first uh, year or so of the coronavirus pandemic, and the government ministers and public health officials had no option but to extend the lockdown. And of course, we're into winter now here in Australia, and it's a pretty bleak scene for Melbournians, for people in Victoria. Of course, a lot of Singaporeans are very familiar with Melbourne. They may have studied there. They may have property there. So uh, it is a, a concern. And even in uh, New South Wales, there was a report of a person from Victoria traveling to the south coast area of uh, New South Wales, Jarvis Bay is where my brother lives. And now that area is on alert uh, in New South Wales over the border. So a bit of a concern for Australia, which has handled the pandemic very well. But the big concern really is the slow vaccination rollout. And that's why we're in the problem that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I was just going to get to that. Because of this lockdown, does it mean that more people are flocking to vaccination centres or is it a case of too little too late? No, it's not too little too late, but it's definitely seen both the federal and state authorities give more urgency to the rollout of vaccines because as good as the government has done when it comes to keeping coronavirus away from Australia by shutting the international borders and imposing lockdowns and restrictions. It's been very bad in rolling out the vaccine and also getting you know old age people vaccinated. And uh, since this uh, Victoria lockdown, since the, the outbreak in Melbourne and uh, the greater cities and towns of Victoria, we are seeing a lot more people getting vaccinated. For example, Earlier this week, uh, I think it was on Tuesday, we saw 20,585 vaccine doses administered in the state of Victoria, which is a huge jump on the rest of the time that we've had the vaccination available. But it's still only 2% of the population, Adrian, that's actually been vaccinated, which is a pathetic figure when you look at uh, the United States. I think more than 50% of people vaccinated are there. The government has come under criticism for saying that in the early days that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, which gave everyone the idea that there was no urgency to get vaccinated. So when this happens, it shows just how vulnerable Australia can be when there's an outbreak as there has been in Melbourne. That's remarkable. What a start, only 2%. But, you know, given how well Australia have 
dealt with the pandemic in terms of numbers and having everything under control, despite the vaccination rate, it is actually quite remarkable that they've managed to stay so calm and keep out the virus from getting any worse. But elsewhere, Prime Minister Scott Morrison from Australia, he met Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand. Now, I was watching that video clip and they had that traditional Maori greeting with the forehead. Seems that life is back to normal. What does this mean for the trans-Tasman travel bubble? Well, this is really good news for people who like to travel. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison meeting with uh, his Kiwi counterpart Jacinda Ardern earlier this week. He went actually to Queenstown, which uh, some of your listeners will know is a famous ski town and held formal talks with Mrs Ardern at the Australia New Zealand Leaders Forum. We did see the trans-Tasman bubble open last month, which meant that Australian and New Zealanders could travel back and forth without having to go into hotel quarantine. So now they're talking about maybe expanding this into some of the Pacific islands, maybe you know Fiji or Tahiti, New Caledonia. So this is a discussion they're having about maybe increasing the travel within the South Pacific, which uh, would be good news if you wanted to have a holiday in the South Pacific. And also there are very uh, strong ads on TV now from New Zealand tourism trying to get people to travel to New Zealand because now there are some good airfares and it's a good time to go for skiing as we are in the winter. So there are some quite cute commercials that are going on at the moment. But certainly this was a, a very big step forward in the coronavirus pandemic. It was only the second time that Mr. Morrison has left Australia in more than a year. But there is a bit of tension between the two leaders because Scott Morrison is a more conservative. He's from the Liberal National Party in Australia, where Miss Ardern is uh, from the Labour Party in New Zealand. And uh, it's a bit of a tough love approach that um, Scott Morrison has had with New Zealand nationals who have become criminals in Australia, got in trouble with the law. I mean, these people are considered Australians because they've been in Australia for so long. But uh, Mr. Morrison, who's from the conservative Liberal National Party, uh, he has a different view. It's kind of a law and order government, whereas Ms. Ardern is from the Labour Party in New Zealand, which is a bit more liberal and a bit more uh, accepting, I guess, and, and sympathetic to these kind of issues. So overall, they get on very well. And it was a successful trip by Scott Morrison to New Zealand, including that scenic place of Queenstown where they like to go bungee jumping and also skiing. Yeah, it was quite a sight to see. But also, you mentioned Tourism New Zealand there. Really enjoyed their videos, actually. The Tourism Board have done a great job in trying to get people over. But just when we think that we can see light at the end of the tunnel, there's fresh outbreaks here and there, more snapped lockdowns and so on. I guess that's just, you know, how we're going to deal with the new normal for the foreseeable future. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist and former host of the Weekend Morning Show on Money FM 89.3. Jason, we talked about this next subject a few segments ago, housing prices in Australia. What's the latest on this surge? Oh, it's absolutely crazy, especially if you're living in Sydney and Melbourne. And we just seen the month of May. And during this period, national house prices climbed 2.4% in a single month. How crazy is that? Sydney's median house value in May climbed another 3.5% to a record 1.186 million, Australian dollar slightly stronger than Singapore dollar at the moment. Melbourne's median house value climbed by 2.2% through the month to reach $908,000. And that meant that Melbourne prices are growing by 21,500 per month, 
or more than 5,000 a week. How crazy is that? Sydney's prices climbing by 8,550 per week. Where I'm speaking in Brisbane, it's also a pretty hot market. The only city that's not doing so well in terms of price increases, although not doing too bad, is Perth, which only increased by 1.1% in the month of May. But right across the board, we're seeing house prices increasing rather dramatically across Australia. And this is because it's very cheap money. It's very cheap to borrow money at the moment. And we are also seeing first-time home buyers who have been renting for a long time suddenly realizing that they can now afford to buy a house due to the cheap access of money. There are different um, you know, campaigns and programs where you can get a fixed rate mortgage for three or four years for less than 2%. So that means that housing, even though it is going up, is still quite affordable when you can borrow so much money. While housing prices in Australia are soaring, a cyber attack is grinding Australia's biggest meat processor to a halt and the fallout is causing disarray for farmers and the livestock trade around the country. Tell me a little bit more about JBS USA. There's reports surrounding this attack as coming from Russia, but according to your sources, what's the latest surrounding this attack? Well, JBS is a massive uh, international meat processor with operations in North America, that's uh, the US and Canada and Australia. And this cyber attack has basically brought it to a halt. JBS has 47 facilities across Australia operating the largest network of production facilities and feedlots in the country. And this is impacting thousands of meat workers across Australia. They've been sent home because of these cyber attacks. So they are investigating it and it is affecting Queensland, where I am very, very badly, especially Townsville. Now, near Townsville, there was actually 600 head of cattle that would have been killed today. That's not going to happen. So it's a big concern and it shows the different levels of society that have been attacked in cyber uh, breaches. And we've seen that happen in Singapore as well. So it is something that uh, is going to continue. And I think we all got to be very vigilant about our cybersecurity, whether we're a small company, uh, individual, you know, an SME or a multinational company. It's a story to definitely keep an eye on in the next few days to see the developments from that. Jason, just before I let you go, let's talk a little sports. The National Rugby League CEO, Andrew Abdo, said fairness for both state of origin teams was factored into the decision to move next week's series opener from Melbourne to Townsville. Yes, Townsville isn't a city that's very well known to people outside of Australia. It's in far north Queensland. It's not too far from Cairns and the Great Barrier Reef. So a lot of Singaporeans would be familiar with the Great Barrier Reef. And this is the first time that the State of Origin series, which is a state versus state, mate versus mate series in rugby league, it's probably the best sporting spectacle, I would say arguably the best sporting spectacle on the Australian sports calendar. It's a three-match series between New South Wales and Queensland. And it's people who are born in Queensland, play for Queensland, even though they're living in Sydney or wherever else. And the same with the people in New South Wales. It started in 1980 and no one thought it would be very popular, but it's turned out to be this incredibly enthralling and intense series. So Townsville, this North Queensland small city, will host the game for the first time. And that means that Queensland will get two of the three games. It was supposed to happen in Melbourne because Melbourne was a neutral venue, but because of the coronavirus epidemic that we've been speaking about, the pandemic, they've had to move it from Melbourne to Townsville. So 
this is going to happen next Wednesday, and I'm in Queensland now, and of course I'm a supporter of the Blues of New South Wales. So I'm actually going to be watching the game with all my relatives, my Queensland relatives, the Richardsons. They're very distant relatives, but um, they're my grandmother's, uh, maternal grandmother's side, and we're going to be watching the game next week and i'm going to be the only one supporting i think new south wales in that game so uh, i guess it shows us doesn't it adrian you know we have the tokyo olympics coming up soon that sport is very unpredictable international sport is very unpredictable during the coronavirus time and nothing's guaranteed yeah speaking of the tokyo olympics the australian softball women's team were the first team to arrive bit of history uh, still very uncertain if the games are going to go ahead as planned. But uh, yeah, how does that make you feel, Jason? First team to arrive, the women's softball team from Australia? Yeah, well, I mean, happy for them. But uh, my personal view is that it's probably not safe to go ahead with the Tokyo Olympics. I think, you know, there are certain parts of the world that are being affected very adversely by coronavirus. And, and, you know, Japan's going through a terrible time at the moment. And as many of your listeners know, I used to be a sports broadcaster for ESPN in Singapore, you know, Malaysia and India. Uh, And as much as I love watching the Olympics and love watching sport, I don't think it's a good idea for the Olympics to go ahead. And, um, you know, good luck to the softball players. Uh, They're already in Tokyo, but don't be surprised if there might be a last minute change and these games may not go ahead. You never know. Remember the last sporting event we talked about in terms of cancellations did in fact get cancelled. That was the Indian Premier League. Jason Dacey, ladies and gentlemen, ABC News journalist, former weekend mornings host right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, always a pleasure speaking to you and uh, look forward to catching up soon and to you know find out more about the latest that's happening in Australia. Thank you very much, Adrian, and all the best to my friends. We've got so many across Singapore. Do stay safe and and be smart as we try and battle through this coronavirus pandemic. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.